Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion. It's a podcast that explores Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. So I'm looking at you and I'm yeah. thinking to myself, okay, here he we looks go. different. Okay. I'm thinking he looks... You just like your smile is brighter. I hate you. It's like your teeth I are whiter. You. I don't even Why know. Why are you doing I, this? I'm just. No, I'm I looking. Can't, I can't it's share anything obvious. with you. What are you I can't talking about? I'm with just you. being honest. Your Nothing. teeth look very white. I can never share anything. Are you with using you. some kind of special? Why are you doing this? Like charcoal powder? I hate you. <laughs> Why do you do that? Why is it that I share? Because you're certain so things? fancy. I share certain things with you. Yeah, yeah, and then I share it with everybody else. Why? It's because it's called triple down sharing. That's what it is. Really, I don't like this. I don't like this kind of sharing. So you were telling me today. Okay, fine. I guess. Let's talk about this. Okay, yeah, you. you I've been use... using charcoal powder for some time. Okay, and I enjoy it. Okay. I like it. Well, let's back up a little bit. Okay, okay. So you brush your teeth with a powder, not a paste. Yes. Okay, and it's a charcoal powder. Yes. So activated charcoal. Yeah. Activated yeah. charcoal. So is this because you have bad breath and it like filters it? Probably. Okay. Or is it for whitening? <laughs> Both. Okay. Now, uh, what made you choose charcoal powder and versus just like Crest? You know, I don't, what, I'm not like, going to go. I, I'm just I, curious. I don't want to talk about the fluoride it, epidemic. It, it's because, <laughs> oh, is that really this? Is this, uh, yeah. Okay, I was just curious. I thought there might have been a thing, you know, as I know you like to do fancy things, you know. Like, you know it's like yeah, a little bit of a fancy thing. So anyways, so I, I, I confide in Joe this morning. I'm yeah. like, hey, you know, I've been doing the charcoal thing. And it's great. But like I'm traveling. And so I don't want to carry around the powder because it makes a mess everywhere you go. You got to clean it, you know. It and makes so, no sense. It does make a mess. If you, it's that it wouldn't be any different using it at a hotel than it would be at your house. It's the same thing. It's yeah, a, it's but a at counter. a hotel, I want to get up and go. I don't want to have to sit, stay and clean and then go. You don't leave that for somebody. How you're an well, animal. Of course not. I would, I'm not but okay, if you, don't you clean it at home? Yeah, but I don't. I have. I could clean it at my time. That doesn't. Really, yeah, I, I don't buy this at all. No, anyway, okay, so you so tried. You tried little uh, the the charcoal tablets. So you get them, you get them in tablets and you put them in your mouth and you chew them up. You just and then let your spit slosh it all around in uh, there. No, then you wet your toothbrush oh, and gross. then you go for it. And it, it, it just feels different. Okay. That it, it, it became more of a gel-like substance. Yeah, of course, because it's got the capsule. So, yeah, it was yeah. Uh, it was different. You should know that with the water-soluble packaging and everything. It has no water-soluble packaging in it. Capsule. It's a capsule, but it's not a capsule, like, with plastic around it. It's it's compact. Oh, so it's just like a hard thing that you chew yes, up. It's, it's a pill. It's, Pretty much, yeah. okay. Pretty much, it's like, okay. it's, it's like, a, it's like a. You do everything weird. I just want to say you that you do about? everything okay, weird. Okay, but you didn't have to share this. You would think you didn't have to share with this. all the special dandy products that you use, you would look as good as Dave DeHaan, but you don't. Uh, no one can look Who as good does? as Dave DeHaan. Dave wow. DeHaan, the original I'm DD. Feeling that. <laughs> the love is already flowing in this room. Whoa. I don't know. Like people, we've talked about Dave DeHaan. Hey, Dave, have you been on the podcast before? I have not. My oh, inaugural uh, appearance Ooh. here. Yes, he told you. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've known Dave for uh, for I've known Dave for years. Uh, uh, he uh, he's, he's a member of our church. He handles uh, announcements and welcome and stuff like that uh, at, at uh, on Sunday mornings for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, you work for Word Partners. We're going to excited right. to talk about that. Cool. And uh, but you've been involved in ministry for uh, quite a long time. Quite a while, yeah. And you've done different things right. in vocational ministry. Yeah. What are, what are some of the things yeah, that you've done? Yeah, yeah. So um, twenty years in vocational ministry, uh, fifteen years in a local church as pastor, serving in. Several different ways the last uh, three or so years in more in world missions and had a year in there in uh, Christian publishing as well. So, yeah, um, you know, uh, several things in, in church ministry, everything uh, across the board. I mean, uh, from serving as single adult pastor to small groups pastor 
to basically is executive pastor to overseeing youth. We were talking about that mm-hmm. earlier. The one thing I prayed to the Lord I would never have to do mm-hmm. was overseeing youth, and that's ex- exactly right, um, to being a lead church planter, to being an interim preaching pastor. So, and there are probably a few other things in there as well. Yeah. Now, it's, all of that, uh, even like in the publisher publishing world, sounds yeah. like you are been really connected to the Word of God in, in yeah. pretty much all of that. Is that intentional? Is that something that you're... Yeah, I mean, when I sensed the Lord calling me to ministry early on, I didn't, I'm not one of those guys who went right from undergrad to seminary. I was Mm -hmm. uh, married, had a couple kids, was working in the family business, life was good, Mm -hmm. living the American dream, and then started to sense that, you know, internal call and get some of that external confirmation of that, didn't know what else to do other than uh, go to seminary. So that's, mm. That was the model I saw, right? That's right. the model I knew mm. growing up in the yeah. church context I grew up in. It's like, hey, if you want to be a lawyer, you got to go to law school, you want to yep. be a doctor, you got to go to med school, if you want to be a pastor, go to seminary. And um, so I was trying to find a seminary and I uh, had a couple of buddies at uh, Trinity Evangelical Divinity School, Ted's here in the Chicago land area. And they said, hey, this would be a great place to come if you're interested kind of in both the rigorous academic, the head, and in the pastoral side, the heart of it. And within both of those, I had already had a commitment to God's Word. I, you know, I'd grown up in a Bible-believing church that was committed to the authority of God's Word. Mm-hmm. And so I saw myself, uh, while I wanted to go to seminary and think uh, biblically and think theologically, I knew that the baseline was uh, the authority of God's word and that whatever kind of ministry the Lord might be leading me into, it was going to be a word-centered ministry. I understood that's where the power by God's Holy Spirit was to accomplish what he wants to accomplish in the universe. Yeah. Mm. And so when you talk about like all these things within the church and, and, and uh, the, you know, everything was focused on the word. Do you see any, some presently in in our day today? Mm-hmm. What are some present day weaknesses that you find in the local church as you've been ministering there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, great question. And it, it kind of depends, you know, where you are, what context you're yeah, in. Right. in diff- lots of different churches churches around the world. I've been involved in churches in the U.S. and in a few different places. And now with Word Partners, we're in over 60 countries around the world. So oh, I'm wow. starting to understand a little bit of the dyna- dynamics of, uh, you know, church world or, um, you know, internationally. Uh, for those who are committed to the word, there could be weaknesses there, right? Sure. You could be you could be fatheads, right? Mm. Just filling my head with knowledge. It's it's all about word, 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 and uh, there's there's not that uh, ministry of the word pastorally to mm. folks. Um, I like or, that fathead. Yeah, mm-hmm. right there. Mm, there like you that. go. Go. So we call all of our friendly Calvinist churches. <laughs> fat <laughs> we, we, we tend to be fatheads. Fat we tend heads. to like that's where we tend to emphasize that. We do yes. sometimes mm-hmm. a detriment mm-hmm. of other things. We get, we get super excited. Uh, we'll, we like to we like to talk. We like to hear ourselves talk. We like to read books where other people talk. <laughs> and then we so talk about word, those word, books word, yeah. when they're all talking. <laughs> and, you know, uh, the ministry I'm a part of that that's. That is our biggest um, danger mm. because we are focused on God's word. We, we we don't want to lose that. You know, on the other side of the coin, in local churches, uh, there's obviously a weakness if you don't put the word of God at the at the centerpiece. Yeah. If you don't put it, we talk about putting it in the driver's seat in right. the church. It's not it's not in the passenger seat. It's not hey, you know, Jesus is my co-pilot. It's not in the trunk. It's not in the back seat. It's not up on the on the luggage wrap. Mm-hmm. Is God's word in the driver's seat for the local church? And where it's not and where, you know, pastors and sometimes, uh, you know, this isn't malicious, but they're, they're looking for the next best thing, right? Yeah. Mm. What's the secret sauce? Right. Uh, you know, I read the book, went to the conference, 
saw the guy online. He seems to be killing it. I, I took so his cohort. Cool. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, how, how do I get that into my church? And you, so you start kind of following, following fads and trends. And I'm, you know, I'm at the stage of life where I've got enough, uh, you know, road in the rearview mirror that you've, you've seen a few things come and go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- things that, yeah, I, th- I don't think that's going to last. And then other things I thought might last and, and they've come and gone. Uh, but it's frustrating the- because you see those guys, oftentimes those gurus, those leaders, um, kind of holding it out there. Hey, this worked for me. So it's right. going to work for you. Mm. You know, this is what I did. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. sure. You know, there's a guy, I forget his name, but he, he's a Southern, at least he was a Southern Baptist guy planted in New York city and, um, wrote, a, wrote books and, and, you know, he had, his church happened to blow up very, very quickly. Mm. He planted right after nine 11. Um, in New York City, like in Manhattan. And, uh, and so, you know, he, so, so much of what he was constantly writing and selling was really built around what he experienced in his unique setting and unique day as mm, if it would be, right. you know, re- reproducible. Yeah. Right. And yeah. It's just, so like, praise God that something happened there, but like, don't hold that out. You got to hold out the word, yeah. like the, the, the ordinary means of grace. But it's so appealing. We find it so sexy. Like this, this, oh, Rob Bell started preaching through Leviticus. A thousand people showed up in Michigan. I was there for one of those sermons. (laughs) See? Mm -hmm. And uh, it's like, yeah, okay, but that's not, you're not going to reproduce that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm So how did you get connected with Word Partners? And, yeah. and talk a little bit about what Word Partners yeah. is and, and what your role is. Sure. It, yeah, yeah. So the, the sort of the quick skinny is after being in pastoral ministry for about 15 years and all those different ways that I described, just kind of went through a transition where my wife, Mickey, and I were taking a step back and saying, okay, Lord, what's next? And it didn't seem like pastoral ministry was going to be next. It didn't seem like that was going to be the best thing for us and for our family, and yet I still had a distinct call to do something very kingdom-minded. Mm. And so I was looking for different opportunities with um, with Christian organizations, ministries, Christian colleges. You know, where was a place that I could uh, fit in? I ended up uh, working for Moody Publishers for about a year, and I really enjoyed that. Really, I mean, obviously, if you're if you're pastor, geek, nerd, you love books. So to deal with books, to give yeah. books, to to be selling people Joe's mm-hmm. books. I mean, does <laughs> now, it? Now you didn't find many. Does it you didn't it. find many people though. No, there's not a lot of people wanting to buy those books. You didn't find a lot of people buy those books. No, <laughs> I, did, I did my darndest. I'll tell you. I did what I could, Joe. I did what I could, man. Um, it's a Sisyphean so sorry, exercise. <laughs> you don't need to be that, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I bothered <laughs> everybody with my books. Okay, I'm going to say, I'm going to confess I don't listen to Doctrine and Devotion religiously, but it seems like like this comes up a lot. I don't no, know. I tried not Jimmy, to. D- Jimmy might occasionally make <laughs> make reference to the size of my books, the, book the sales the of my books. Yeah. Um, Jimmy kind of. We took up the three and we packaged them together. So that, yeah, that the, was uh, like, yeah, yeah. So yeah. remember, you're talking like all the ploys and marketing ploys. That didn't work. No, that didn't yeah. work. No, that should have been one book. It should have been one book. Yeah, you thought, hey. I'll make three revenue streams. It wasn't my idea. Said, you made it wasn't zero. my idea, but you know, okay. <laughs> They're good books. Folks. Most most things They're don't work. Books. Most things that I try don't work. That's that's what's what <laughs> yeah. I found. Well, so being you got, a Christian so you guys publishing were sensing, was, yeah. yeah, it was interesting because yeah, the, the things that do get published and the things that don't get published. Yeah, yeah you could, there's there's a whole other podcast. I'm sure you've talked about that. Um, so yeah, so trying to figure about figure out still what it was going to be and. I had been um, part of churches on staff teams of churches that had been in partnership with Word Partners, which previously, mm. not a big organization, most of your listeners probably haven't heard of us, but if they had, 
they probably know us as leadership resources mm. international because up until a month ago that was yeah. been around for 50 years but mm. we just changed our name uh, rebranded in order to better communicate who we are and what we do and and I'd been part of churches that were involved and it's a ministry we're a ministry that um, elevates God's word in the hearts lives and ministries of pastors and their people around the world we want to make the word of God central and we do that by by training pastors in uh, the essential tools of exposition uh, so you know, when I finally sort of came to my senses, like, oh my goodness, uh, leadership resource, word partners. I love this ministry. Mm. I love what they do. So I started pursuing that. And, uh, you know, in, in God's good providence, there was an on-ramp for me to begin to serve as a director for church partnerships. So that's the role I'm in with word partners. Uh, we train pastors around the world, uh, like I said, about 60 some countries. And our focus is on putting the tools, again, for exposition, training them in, in hermeneutics. We do we work through 10 essential principles of biblical interpretation, do it in a very small group format, mm -hmm. uh, maybe a dozen or so, maybe a little bit more, but not any more than 20 in any of our cohorts around the word, immerse ourselves in God's word for two, three, four days, uh, and then train them how to train others. The Second mm -hmm. Timothy 2 sort of model, what you've heard from me, and trust a faithful man who will be able to, to teach others because we want that generational effect. We want to sort of work ourselves out of a job in a sense right. wherever right. we are. Uh, we, but we do that over four years. It's a long, long-term process. One of our um, taglines amongst ourselves is that time is our friend. Uh, we're not going to microwave this. We're going to spend time, we're going to develop relationships with pastors internationally, build into them, disciple them, train them to train others, draw together the guys who are really getting it and are mm -hmm. gifted trainers themselves, form them into national teams, and eventually they do the work in that country and we go somewhere else. And then our role is more coaching them and connecting them uh, with other national leaders in their part of the world. So then as you're talking about that, I mean, obviously you see this need, right? Yeah. Like what is that need that an organization yeah. like Word Partners mm -hmm. fulfills? Yeah, yeah, good question. So there's a stat floating out there um, that's roughly 85%. There are roughly 3 million or so pastors around the world, Bible-believing pastors. And we're talking about people who right. do... Real pastors. <laughs> Real. I'm not... Yeah, we're not talking any any church that might have the name Christian outside of it, but, but pastors... Um, evangelical pastors around the world, and 85% of them, of the 3 million or so, have received little or no formal biblical theological yeah. training. And they, and they never will, because they just, they're in a life circumstance where they're not going to have access to it, whether it's the cost, whether they're too remote, whatever it is, um, you know, situation in life, they're never going to receive what's you know, a lot of us in this room have received, whether it's Bible college, whether it's seminary, whether it's both, uh, they're, they're just not going to have it. And in some cases, they're out there in a remote place just slugging away. You know, maybe they were the first believer in their village and said, great, you're going to be the pastor. And they're like, oh my goodness, I haven't even read mm -hmm. through the Bible yet myself. Mm -hmm. And uh, in those cases, we've got guys coming to our trainings who, um, you know, they will after a while confess you know, I've been preaching for 15 years and I have never really preached God's word. Hmm. I've preached my own ideas. 
uh, we should start to show them, you know, you can have, because you haven't gone to seminary, you're never going to, that's okay. You've got God's word. You've got the spirit. Right. You've got mm-hmm. everything you need to be faithful. You've got everything you need for this church to be uh, vibrant and healthy and for God to accomplish everything he wants to accomplish through this local church if you're faithful for, with his word. And we can show you how to, to look at a text, look at a book of the Bible, see the main theme of that book, and then look at individual texts so that you can preach those faithfully and God's spirit can have its transforming effect. So we want to give them confidence in God's word and give them some of the tools to do that. That's that's the 85%. That's in a lot of the developing world where mm-hmm, we are involved. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, more in what you might call the developed world, whether it's in the U.S. We have preaching cohorts in the U.S. or I was in Singapore um, right before the pandemic hit or, or other places like that. Uh, it's typically pastors who already believe in exposition and we want to get them together and want them to sharpen one another. Mm-hmm. So in, in the context of relationship, in the context of fellowship, uh, it's getting together twice a year to just to sharpen your skills and to give you a methodology to train others. Okay, pastor, we're mm-hmm. training you for a couple of days every six months. You take this and you train your elders or you get some pastors together in your town and train them or you train your women's Bible study teachers. My goodness, we have to have, uh, even when I was in Christian publishing, such a, a lack of good, solid Bible-centered teaching resources for women and, yeah. you know, train, train your women's leaders how to, how to be good expositors. So yeah, that's, that's how I love it. that, you know, Word Partners is f- very much focused, not only on the word, but in a very specific way yeah. on, on how to, how to interpret and mm-hmm. preach. It, mm-hmm. It's on biblical exposition and everything that goes into that. So because it has a pretty narrow focus, it allows you guys to actually be really good at it. Yeah. Whereas some people like their ministry is so broad, it's kind of like hit and miss when they're, I really like the focus. And what I, the one thing I kept thinking about while you were talking was I, I, I love that you guys care about the local church. Mm-hmm. So you're going out, you want to equip pastors because they're going to have this impact and they haven't been trained. And then I keep thinking like, yeah, but like I've been in a lot of preaching classes in Bible college and seminary, (laughs) and I've known a lot of pastors. I've listened to a lot of preaching, and despite our privilege, despite our resources, we like it's still very much needed here in the States. Mm -hmm. Totally, totally. Yeah, Yeah, it is interesting. We're an international ministry. We've been around for 50 years. We haven't always done this. I mean, the story of how we started Mm. out is amazing. It's one guy and his wife who just were loving on students and had a heart for discipling students one-on-one. It's originally called um, Personal Ministries. And, you know, you talk about the local church. He, uh, Bill Mills, who's now with the Lord, just went to be with the Lord exactly a year ago. Uh, just was like, you know what? Discipleship really needs to happen in the local church. Why mm. am I discipling people outside of the church? Brought this ministry into the church, started teaching, and then we um, just drank the Kool-Aid of Proclamation Trust. I don't know mm. if you guys are familiar with Proc Trust, yeah. Dick Lucas. You know, it, it strikes me when I say drank the Kool-Aid. That, that's a bad That's, that's a, a bad, bad metaphor. That's a bad <laughs> metaphor. And like, most people don't understand where it comes from. No, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Especially if they're younger. They I, well, the th- yeah, I realize that I'm older than most people now, and they don't understand where we're drinking yeah, Kool-Aid comes yeah. from. You've been brainwashed and are suiciding right, right yeah, now. So That's what that means. At any rate, way to go, way to go, Dave. Way to sell word partners. <laughs> we drank some good Kool-Aid that made us alive inside. There you go, the good kind. <laughs> But um, really, you know, Dick Lucas was doing this in the the 80s and 90s in the UK and really focusing on exposition and revival within Mm -hmm. the Church of of England and and beyond in in that area. And and some of that kind of 
waved over here through College Church in Wheaton and Kent Hughes and some of the guys who were in that room um, early on, whatever that was in the, in the 80s or 90s, got connected to our ministry. And then so to what you were saying, the, the one trick, we're a one trick pony. I mean, it's sort of the luxury of being a parachurch. Yeah. We, we get to do right. one thing and by God's grace, he's given us some, some know-how and connected us with the right mm-hmm, people that mm-hmm. uh, we are Again, by His grace, we're doing it pretty well, and it's and it's um, it's going well in many parts of the world. You know, we're a staff, forty people total on our staff, right? That's not a lot of people. Well, that's still pretty good. Yeah, but yeah. Ha- only half of those are trainers, right? Yeah. Half of those are, are folks who are actually out there training people. So about twenty people, and uh, we'll we'll. Last year was, of course, a blip pre pre pandemic. Yeah. Although we still, you know, God was still good in terms mm-hmm, of the mm-hmm. ministry last year. But you go back to uh, 2019, which I guess is the last year before the pandemic. That's how we'll know it from now on. Our 20, the, the ripple effect of the training was almost 20,000 pastors and church leaders. Mm-hmm. So it's like 19,800 and some. Now, 20 schmucks from Chicagoland cannot train. 19,000, right. whatever it was, people. Uh, and that is, and the, the reality is we didn't. You mm. know, over 90% of our training happens by those we've trained. So it's yeah. that ripple effect, mm. that generational mm. effect. We've got, you know, about 250 cohorts around the world, and then those guys go out and train people. So the, the ripple effect of, of the multiplication of that, um, you know, it's like those parables about the kingdom in the Gospels. Uh, you know, the, the kingdom starts small, but it, it explodes that multiplication uh, God has been been very kind in in working through us for that. So then, oh God, oh God. I just had a, I had a thought mm-hmm. about this 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 whole task of training preachers how to preach by teaching them how to interpret, right? Yeah. Because it's like you can some people are just naturally gifted at speaking and getting people's attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're not, you can get better at it. Most people can get better at it, but uh, but the most important thing, yeah. It really takes training is how to interact with the word. And I, I, I think for some people, they, they think like, well, you're focusing on the boring part. You're focusing <laughs> on like the, and it's like, oh man, the study part, like, how are we going to get people's attention and how are we yeah. going to, you know, and what, what's my, what's my format? Like they get wrapped up into the mechanics of it or they get wrapped up sure. into the, uh, the presentation of it. When, if you miss this the presentation isn't going to matter. Right. We have so many really good communicators out there that have a message that rings with popularity, right. but it doesn't have power. The power is in the word. And if you can't handle the word rightly, then there's you're not really handling power. This is why I just, I, I, I like ministries like this. And for for those of us in the States, like I read books on preaching every year. Like I want to get mm-hmm, better. I mm-hmm. need to get better. Um, I need I need the encouragement from other people. I need good yeah, examples. Yeah, we need you to get better. Yeah, yeah but it's especially <laughs> because it, if I don't, then I can't challenge you like that, Jimmy. You like that? I got to challenge you. Oh, you got. I got to challenge you. You won't get better if I don't get better because I got to raise the bar. That way, you have a bar to like, to try to measure. I mean, you're never going to get there, but like you try to get to you know, my level. You know, uh, all right, I I. I tried to make fun of you, mm. and you smacked me down. Well yeah, done. That's right. Well done. Lead pastor. Yeah, in a lot e- of ways. Executioner pastor. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, I was sorry. just going to say, in a lot of ways, all we're doing is teaching people how to read the Bible. Yeah. yeah. Really, that's at its most basic level. How to read, you know, it's, it, people do weird things with the Bible they don't do with other books. Yeah. <laughs> mm, <laughs> like start yeah. spiritualizing things right off the bat and allegorize and just just read. This is if, if it's narrative, read it like a story. Right. Okay, Who? what's the setting? Who are the characters? 
what's what's the high point? What's the climax of the story? And then how does it resolve? We talk about stuff like that. What's the structure of the passage? How does the author lay out uh, his argument here? Uh, and then, you know, the thing that you were getting at earlier is, and then what, you know, if, if you talk to most pastors or someone who's been trained at a good evangelical seminary or Bible college and say, okay, what, you know, what, what's your goal in terms of the sermon and in terms of the study? What, what are you trying to accomplish? What, what says that you've, mm. um, you, you've hit the mark? Most folks will say, well, if, if I understood the passage, right, if I got the main idea of the passage. Uh, and that's true, but we want to teach folks not to stop there. Right. Not just the main idea, but what is the transformational intent of mm-hmm. that main That's idea? That's good. So the whole, this is the, the transformational whole transformational intent. Gave us, no, yeah. no. How do you go for the hermeneutical to the homiletical? Yeah. Yeah. In you, every, every passage, the Holy Spirit purposely, you know, we are word people. We believe that the words themselves are inspired. Now we would like to use translations that are more literal because these are the words mm-hmm. that the spirit gave us to KJV. communicate what God wanted to communicate about his redemptive purposes in Christ. And so as we're uh, looking at that, understand that the spirit has infused a transformational intent in that main idea. It's just, it's not just to inform us, right. it's also to transform mm-hmm. us uh, for his, his glory. And it's so varied too, because there are, you know, it's, it's these words that are inspired that communicate truths that God uses mm-hmm. to like sanctify us, to strengthen our faith. And so there are then a myriad of applications yeah. and implications. But if you don't get that very first level of right. how do I understand this genre? How do I under, how do yes. I understand this author? Mm-hmm. What yeah. is his main point? And yep. what is his argument? You really can't get to those other levels, yeah. Yeah. which is like, you know, I'm I'm really grateful for the the time that we live in because you know we have I know one of your, Jimmy one of your favorite books is uh, Bob Stein's book it used to be called Plain by the Rules yeah but that's it's the one. His, I was actually about to reference that yeah because he just does a really good job of breaking it down mm-hmm. and and explaining here are the genres that we have mm-hmm. in scripture here's how you should yeah. be approaching them to understand them as the original readers would yeah. understand them uh, we have so many resources we're, we're not stuck in you know the the dark ages right. or the middle ages where it, the it was highly allegorical and it took somebody like Calvin to come along to go yeah, uh, maybe <laughs> not so much. Let's not do that. Maybe that's the not plain, the devil. Plain reading of the word. Maybe yeah. that's King Cyrus. Why don't you yeah. chill? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're we're in a great position, but I still, I I I still see pastors struggling. I've done some preaching coaching over the years with guys, especially young pastors that are that are learning and trying to get their feet under them. And sometimes they'll spend far too much time in prep, yes. and they're just they're yes. they're anxious. Like, yeah. where do you think that comes from? Why do you think? Like some people will just wing it. They don't want to spend much time in prep. Yeah, that's that's a different deal. issue. Yep. But yeah, there are some guys, they, they are so yeah. anxious, I yeah. feel, yeah, I, that they can't move on to yeah. like, let's get this thing yeah, out there. I, I feel that. And I have felt that in the study all the time, especially when you're a young pastor, young preacher, young Bible teacher. And it, it comes from a good thing. I think if you've gone to a, a solid Bible-focused seminary or Bible college, they do emphasize, hey, that this is the authority of God's word and you want to get it right. You want to understand the text. Here are the, some hermeneutical principles. Here's a process for getting that. And I think, but I think just we get so wigged out. I got to get this right. I mm-hmm. got to get this perfect. Um, but not taking the next step to of, of saying, yeah, but I also need to think about how to communicate. And I also think about, need to think about how to a- apply it. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, a lot of reasons for it could be could be uh, just self focused too. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Well, there's, yeah, there's also up, just but. the jitters. I mean, even last week, you know, Joe came out to me. I was preaching on uh, on Sunday, 
And uh, I was in this weird space. Would you say that? Yeah. I'd say weird well, That's space. why I asked. I was like, yeah. Because right. I, I just felt like that sense of, uh, I did the prep. Yeah. I did the thing. I have nothing else to do. And like, but I felt uneasy. You know what I mean? And yeah. it was like that point of, well, at this point, you know, the Holy Spirit takes it or it's done anyway. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. Wait a minute. Are you saying that in that moment, Jesus had to take the, take wheel. the wheel? Jesus had to take the wheel for nice. <laughs> Don't say that. Yeah. I think, and because like, yeah, there are legitimate reasons we feel that way but the the fear of moving the f- it's almost like i'm going to get this wrong and i guess i guess i had to come to the point where i would say uh i'm probably going to mess this up yeah and that's okay right. because god's word is what god's going as long as yeah. i give him the word right. uh, you know I, i'm not there's no heresy in here so as long as i'm giving him the word god's going to do his thing but then there's still yeah there's still like the the weight of the task, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, I got it. Well, and then, and then, you know, well, I mean, in our, you know, case, like we're going through Revelation. So it's like, you know, it can go, <laughs> side, it, it can go, it can go sideways fast. Yeah, right. Not a layup. <laughs> I think we're such truth people. It was good to be a tr- truth, 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 truth. Right. But there, but every strength has its backside, right? Every strength mm-hmm. has its weakness. Mm-hmm. And I think this is for churches that really do believe the authority of God's word. This, this is the backside that we can become. Um, overly intellectual, you know, we, we try to encourage pastors, you know, we love, I'm looking at the resources on the wall in the shelf behind Joe here. Um, you know, I, wonderful it resources. While, it took me a while to amass this. Yeah, <laughs> I've got a library full of them in my study at home, but don't go there right away. Right. Start with God's word, Start yep. with the word. you know, yep. and even in terms of background and, and in terms of context, Dig into the word as as much as you can and discern all of that from scripture before you crack open a commentary mm-hmm. or some mm-hmm. other help. Um, we've, you know, you've in this conversation, there are 10 different principles we work through and they've come up already in this conversation, uh, several of them all already, but just to point to a couple of them that we teach. And whenever we do these, we always include a, a, just a very simple illustration that makes it very transferable. Illustrations make it helpful for us to learn, but it's also helpful when we're training and teaching others. So right. each each principle has an illustration. First principle, it's a foundational principle. It's called staying on the line. Just draw a line on the board. And you can do that anywhere, right? You can do that anywhere in the world. You can draw it on the dirt if you have to. Uh, your job as a preacher, as a teacher, and even as a Bible reader and Christian is to stay on the line. You don't want to say more than what Scripture says. Mm-hmm. You say more than what Scripture says, you're, you're, you're going off into legalism, right? Yep. You don't want to say less than what Scripture says, and then you start to drift into license or liberalism if you say – so that's that's rule, not rule. Yeah, hermetical rule number yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, it's a good one. It's a good one. Stay stay on the lines. So that, that, that's where we start. And then another one is traveling instructions. So we draw a picture of, of a Bible, and we draw a picture of a bunch of people. And we start to draw the arrow to the bunch of people. So, okay, here's God's word. And here's you studying, and you want to preach, you want to teach, and you want to you want to get that to your people, right? You want them to embrace God's word. You want them to be changed. You want them to apply God's word. Uh, but we start to just immediately apply God's word to our context without first thinking, you know, what the Bible was written for us, but it wasn't originally written to us. Yeah, not so, as like in our case. Uh, yeah, middle right. class <laughs> Chicagoans, you know, or Chicago suburb people. Mm-hmm. Like that wasn't written directly to us. You're totally right. Yeah. So we call that travel instructions because before you go directly to your people, yeah. you got to go back. You got to go back to this group of people, um, you know, wherever that was, whether it was the Philippians and Paul was writing to them, whether it was in the Pentateuch and uh, Moses was writing to uh, the children of Israel. You got to understand what this meant to them first before you can start to apply it for us. But if you do, uh, first of all, you can you can get that context. That's a lot of historical context and canonical context. You can get 
a lot of that from the scripture itself before you go mm-hmm. to the other books. Mm-hmm. They're great. Use them, but be have them be conversations. Don't let them lead the way. Also with that, yeah. it's almost like you don't know how much you will need those other resources right. or what resources exactly. you'll need until you've explored that. Cause at some point you'll realize like, I can't make sense of this. I need help understanding this right. or you know what? I, I, this has raised more questions for me. So the more time you spend in the word, the more, I think f- the more precise you are in understanding what resources Absolutely. you do need. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You can read a commentary and say, I skip this paragraph. I don't care yeah, about that. That totally. is, is not germane to what I'm talking about. Oh, it's nice. He thinks that who cares? Oh, yep. uh, this is important. This is okay. I was struggling with this part of the text. I'm curious. Okay. He goes this way. The other guy goes that way. Okay. Now I know why they do. I can make up my own mind yep. on, on where to go with that. Yeah, exactly. So, um, how can uh, churches in the U.S. like partner with Word Partners, yeah. or or like how does Word Partner connect to yeah. local churches? Here? Yeah, that appreciate that question. That's exactly where I am. That's that's my role uh, with Word Partners. Two different ways. So we are essentially a missions organization. So uh, we are partnered with churches who support the work internationally as part of their world missions outreach. This church does that through uh, through me. Uh, and you know, different churches support us in different ways. They could simply support the mission of training and equipping pastors worldwide. They could support a specific region of the world, a specific venue. Um, they yeah, can do that directly through Word Partners. Yeah, absolutely. Could, okay. Yep. Absolutely. Um, that that's our that's our lifeblood. We're a missions organization. We're a nonprofit. We're a Christian ministry. That's the work doesn't get done without church partnerships. Yep. Uh, the other way we partner with churches around the world and where I'm involved in the U.S. is we have training cohorts in the U.S. So I'm involved. There's about a dozen. Got one coming up this week, uh, not far from here in northern Illinois. And we gather groups of pastors when we're invited. By the way, we don't go anywhere in the world, these 60-some countries. No place did we just like show up and say, hey, we're we're word partners and we've got something mm-hmm. really cool you mm-hmm. should be involved in. There's been a relationship. There's been a partnership yeah. that has developed usually over years and years with someone who becomes a trusted partner. And then they say, hey, would you come over? Mm-hmm. I can, you know, I, I know of 20 or a dozen or 10 or whatever it is pastors who need this and, w- and would come to a training like this. And then we're able to put our resources behind it. And we begin a new training venue. Uh, we're doing that more and more in the U.S. As you mentioned earlier, Joe, just the need for uh, exposition in the U.S. And, and just for pastors to be sharpened and for pastors to connect to other pastors who mm. have who value God's word. That That's, we, you know, it's we're word partners. We we hold high the authority of God's word, but that that partnership, that fellowship in the gospel, that koinonia mm-hmm. uh, is is huge. And we see that when pastors come together, we'll spend two days in God's word, immersing ourselves in it, connecting to one another, sharpening one another. Our, our workshops are very free-flowing. It's not top-down lecture. It's, hey, let's get in the text. Mm. Hey, everybody get in a group of three and discuss, you know, what are the traveling instructions for this passage? And then we're going to share our uh, findings with one another. So uh, pastors can partner with us by if they would like to be part of one of those or start one of those groups. Uh, we don't, we've only got a dozen or so. So there are a lot of places where we don't have them. And we'd love to, uh, if we can serve pastors, we'll start new groups. Mm-hmm. And that's often ways that uh, churches get connected to us. Right. And we're we're trying to develop a U.S., United States leadership team. So the, just the way the work has developed internationally, where we've trained pastors, and then we've drawn out the guys who are really gifted trainers, and they become the leaders of the movement in their country. 
we would like to see God do that in this country. It doesn't mm -hmm. have to be about us. We want to give the, the work away and, and turn that uh, over to others. But there's also, uh, I'm assuming, is there a need for uh, financial support? There I mean, certainly is. I yeah. mean, for some churches that maybe, yeah, you know, uh, uh, we do, I'm not going to you know, pretend, you know, I don't know how to word it because it sounds arrogant. Like we do a good job. Like we yes. have, we understand these principles. We believe the Bible is central and we, we're really, but we want to help support the work. Absolutely. happening throughout the U.S. and internationally. How can they? Yeah, and uh, anyone can can support us financially, and, and you're our partner. Um, and when you do that, you are partnering with us to do the work because we can't do it by ourselves. We are totally funded by the gifts of God's people and by those church partnerships. We're mm -hmm. part of their uh, missions budget, yep. and uh, that's that's uh, how, we, how we roll. That's how we get it done. And God has been incredibly uh, gracious to us to um, to fund us to be able to move into new places. And, and there's no lack of work to be done, even with COVID. One of the really cool things about, not the cool things about COVID, but mm -hmm. one of the cool things that we've seen during this season is that the model works in terms of training mm -hmm. those who will train others. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So as much as we'd like to get our trainers out to those locations, the work continues right. because we've trained people and, and they can continue the work yeah. uh, even with us not there. Of course, we want to get there. We want to go to the next level. But we're grateful to God that uh, that his spirit continues to move. You guys are like sprinkling water on the Mogwai. That's sounds good to me. Yeah. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like gremlins, you think the Mogwai gets wet. It starts multiplying. That's yeah, what they're, that, they're, that, that's like that. You should have like that should be like your motto. That should be yeah. sprinkling water on the Mogwai. Except for I've never seen that movie. You never seen gremlins? I haven't. That was one of those. Uh, Christian I, home. I, <laughs> that no, that wasn't. It was a Christian home. That wasn't necessarily the issue. The, the issue was more. You were me. scared. Uh, there, there were a few movies like when I was a teenager in the eighties that were so popular. Just to be a contrarian, oh, you, you, I you were too cool. To, I was too cool. You were hipster before there were hipsters. Uh, yeah, <laughs> never yeah. saw Karate Kid. Yeah, what? <laughs> Love Cobra Kai to no end. Probably because if I would have seen the movie, I would have rooted for Cobra Kai because I thought oh, Machio was a little punk. But. Yeah, he was, he was a little bit of a he was a little bit of a punk. So listen, uh, people can go to wordpartners.org. Yeah, wordpartners.org. And uh, you got on you guys on social media. Uh, we, I am on social media at, uh, on Instagram at wordpartners, uh, DDH. Also Facebook. We're on Facebook. I'm sorry. Okay. We are. Yeah. For, okay, cool. And so can people, can they buy like a t-shirt? You guys have like word we, partner. I believe we have, now that we have our new, uh, website, wordpartners.org up, I believe there is a merch store. Oh, cause I saw, I saw you brought stuff. Jimmy a t-shirt. Looks really nice. Thank you, bro. I didn't, I didn't get one. So it's, we're it's cool. We're working on that. Oh. Yeah. Oh. It's a size don't, issue. Don't make a hobbit That's size. Say, don't, don't, don't make dwarf just, size. Just say it's a size issue. That's okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, size is not always that important. I'm just saying like sometimes you just got to go every possible size and make it for everybody and don't discriminate just because like some people are, are you know, shorter. tiny. Yeah. You know, it's like whatever. All right. Well, listen, go check out wordpartners.org. Check them out on Facebook. Uh, you guys really should connect with uh, Dave online. Dave, we appreciate you so much. Uh, we love you as a brother. And uh, you can even check him out on uh, our church's, in, what is it, YouTube. Yeah, yeah you've done some teaching on there. Yeah, it's been fun. Mm -hmm. Appreciate that. Yeah, so uh, you can check him out there. But uh, yeah, be sure and reach out, wordpartners.org. Well, we'd love to hear thoughts. You can follow us online on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Diva or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website, DrDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast or hit up the store, JoeFoStore.com, and grab some gear. First part every Monday and Thursday, we got blog posts and video content over at the website. We've also got that all-access exclusive mm -hmm. content, Banter of Truth on Tuesdays, weekday wisdom, Monday through Friday. Head on over to DrDevotion.com slash all-access and register today. 
later. Later.